Welcome to Sardisms, where we take great ideas and bring them together to have great conversations. Today, we have Naomi Little, who is the operations director here at Sard. Naomi has a varied background, but eventually found her way to Sard because of her love for all things admin and operations. Naomi is the behind the scenes champion, making sure that Sard continues to tick over without any hiccups. Welcome, Naomi. It's great to have you. Thank you. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about how long you've been at Sard and your experience prior to joining? I've been at Sard um, since, well, I started um, kind of part-time doing a bit of freelancing in 2013, I think. And then I came on full-time in a year, about a year later. Yeah, I'm kind of one of the old school <laughs> Sardinians, as it were, I suppose. I think I was about the third employee that wasn't an owner of the company at the time. And now we've got like, I don't know, 25 or something. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've been here quite a while. Yeah. Previous to Saad, as with so many others, including Megan and Lucy, who've always already done these podcasts, I did a drama degree. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. I think there's like four of us now. Yeah. Yeah. So Saad is completely full of, um, disappointed thespians, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, for my sins, I did a drama degree um, and I graduated in uh, 2002 and then never really did anything particularly with it apart from join local theatre groups, which Mm. is where I um, met Kevin originally. So that's that's kind of where that connection came from. But yeah, prior to Saad... I did sort of a bit of reception work as everybody Mm -hmm. does to begin with. And then I landed a job um, on managing the stage door at Sadler's Wells Theatre. Oh, wow. Where I was for about five years, which was terrific. I I was stage door manager for a couple of years. And then that kind of got me onto the path, I suppose, that ended here of doing uh, operations and facilities administration. Mm -hmm. Um, So I became the operations manager there after a little while as part of the team that kind of kept the building running. So it was kind of the upstairs, downstairs. I was very much downstairs with the building services guys and the IT guys keeping everything ticking over. And yeah, I think that kind of made me realize that my skills uh, lay in kind of multitasking and sort of keeping all the backroom stuff going. All the things that you don't see. Someone once said to me that working in facilities or operations, the way that you know that you're doing it well is if nobody really notices what you're doing, Mm. which sounds really sad (laughs) because it's about keeping stuff going. If something goes wrong, it's obvious. But when you're doing things right, it just kind of chugs along kind of thing. Right. That's that's kind of been my mantra, um, just to make sure that all the plates keep spinning. Mm. I moved on to a different industry and uh, still doing facilities and operations, but I was working for a company that ran cocktail bars. Oh, really? uh, In Clapham, yeah. So it was, again, it was a really tiny company, um, very similar to Saad, actually, now I think about it. It was only a few people there. I was about the third or fourth employee, like office employee. Yeah, so I ran their back office. I did finances. I did payroll. I learned to do bookkeeping. Um, It was very kind of work hard, play hard, Jägermeister in the office kind of a place. Um, And it was fantastic. But that wound up after about five years because the managing director moved abroad. So he sold up. Oh, no. I became redundant. It was it was fine, but I I meant that I became redundant, and I realised at that point that the worst thing in the world would be to go and work for some blue chip company right. in the city. So for a while, I just did a bit of freelance admin for kind of 
friends and other contacts. And that's how I ended up at Sarge. So I, to begin with, I think Kevin had put something on Facebook asking if any of his friends wanted to do some admin. And I think it was inputting patient feedback forms. Oh, (laughs) that old chestnut. Yes. So I came along and did that for like a few hours a week. It started to become evident that there wasn't anybody particular. This sounds rude to Phil and Kevin, who were the ones looking after at the moment. There wasn't anyone particularly looking after back office stuff. They were very excited about developing all the new stuff because Saad was only a couple of years old at that point. We only had a few clients, but it was obvious that it was growing and that they weren't going to be able to look after, you know, paying people and dealing with all the finances, et cetera, at the same time as what they were doing. So I ended up doing little bits of it here and there. And after a little while, it evolved and they just went, do you want a job? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, then I ended up at SARD and that's kind of happened ever since. It's just been, there's a sort of a running joke that I'm the only person here without a job description. And it's really because every time we try to try to write it, pulling in all of the different strands and stuff that I do is quite difficult. It's not a traditional operations director job really Mm. because of the way that the company works and because of the way that we've evolved um, very organically since that original point I've just kind of picked up bits and pieces and skills along the way but that's great it's what makes it great to work here because it's constantly evolving and it's constantly changing and um, responding to kind of new challenges wow so yeah I have a patchwork background but I seem to have settled at SARP yeah definitely (laughs) And you're good at it too. So that's important. So what what do you find motivates you to do all these different strands of work? (laughs) I'm very easily bored. Mm. (laughs) So I think that's part of why I quite like the, um, the multitasking side of it. I'm also at work super organized. Like I am admin queen. I'm currently drinking out of a mug that says responsibility champion on it. Like (laughs) that's my thing. Um, at home, completely different, totally disorganized personal life. But um, I like to kind of solve problems. Yeah, keep keep things going and keep plates spinning and to keep things running smoothly so that those who are doing the more, <laughs> I was going to say exciting, that makes my job sound really sad. <laughs> but, you know, those who are doing the more creative side of things, right. the development, uh, et cetera, um, can get on with it without having to worry about, you know, whether they're going to get paid or what money's in the bank or if we're keeping their data safe, that sort of stuff. And yeah, I, I really enjoy that. I also think that it's brilliant to work for a company like Saad, which works almost more as a kind of a family company, even though mm. we're much larger now, it's still got that sort of ethos very much feels. And I'm sure this comes across in a lot of the other people's podcasts that it very much feels like we're all working towards a common aim. Yeah. And that's made a huge difference. I mean, I think I've been here longer than I've been at any other job now and I can't see myself touch wood wanting to move on anytime soon. Because of that, it feels like we all have a bit of ownership in it. Mm-hmm. And that sort of breeds a respect and a responsibility that makes you want to come to work in the morning. Absolutely. Everybody's mm-hmm. so supportive as well. They, everybody yeah. just wants everyone to succeed, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, I've worked in, in this, like the, in the bar industry, it was great fun and it was definitely, you know, work hard, play hard. Like you came to work with a hangover pretty much every day, but <laughs> there's, I think work hard, play hard is kind of the wrong sentiment for something like this, because that sort of indicates that, you know, everyone's expected to be partying all the time and to be really kind of sociable 
And that's not necessarily what it means. You know, there's more to happy staff than having a pool table and a fridge Mm. full of beer on a Friday. Um, And I think we've really got that balance sorted, which you know, it makes us do better work and produce better things for our clients. Absolutely. Agreed. <laughs> so what do you hope to achieve in the next few years at Sard? Sard moves very fast, mm. certainly in the last couple of years, having seen it from the beginning almost. It's almost unrecognizable to what we were in 2013. Very much the same feel, but, you know, we've got such a much bigger suite of software, of products. We've got so many more people working here. So it's difficult to tell what we'll be doing really in the future. I think that's part of the joy of it is that, Mm. you know, we're responding to the marketplace. We're responding to new technologies and new ways of doing things. And so, yeah, I just, I kind of am really glad to be along for the ride with that, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Being involved in it in in any way I can, helping to support the side of it that that keeps it all going in the background. Are you currently doing any theatre or helping out? In that realm. I know obviously with COVID, it's a bit different. Yeah, but. obviously with COVID, sad times. Um, we haven't been able to for a while. But yeah, I've been a member of uh, the South London Theatre, Little Pug. It's in West Norwood. Check out your local theatre. Yes. Since oh, 2006 or so, which yeah, is where I originally met Kevin and indeed Francesca. Monk. Okay. And yeah, I've been an active member of them for directing and acting all the way through, really. I miss it. I think we all do a lot. There's, do, there's, yeah. a, there's a rich vein of uh, creatives in this company. Mm. Like I say, some of us actually studied it. A lot of us, including yourself, obviously, do it as a hobby. And I think it, there's definitely something in that, that there's definitely a crossover of kind of attitude uh, to teamwork and to problem solving and creativity that comes with that, I think. That's a very good point. Because you're right, when you're on stage or even behind the scenes, mm. we all have to band together to make a good yeah. production. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in Megan's podcast, she mentioned that uh, stage management was her sort of main thing when, when she was studying. And it shows, you know, in the way that she juggles many balls at once and keeps everything going. That's, you know, the world should be run by stage managers, really. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. We'll start a campaign. So in your free time, what do you enjoy doing? Well... Apart from theatre, when I can, which obviously I can't at the moment, I oh, I dabble in all kinds of things. I do a lot of dressmaking. Do you? I do sewing. Well, seamstress, are you? Yeah. Nice. Mainly uh, sort of theatre costume when it's when it's needed, which obviously yeah. I haven't done for a little while. But I really like uh, sort of vintage style clothing and it's a lot easier to make it yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah. And over over lockdown, I've got heavily into knitting. I think I'm just really leaning into being an old woman. <laughs> you know. Either go mad or start knitting. And I've just, yeah, I've, I've recently learned how to knit socks and it's like magic. So that's my new thing at the moment. How many pairs of socks do you have now? Yeah. Yeah. I've got loads of pairs of socks, lots of woolly socks and a house full of like half finished sewing and knitting projects and things. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds nice though. I learned crochet when I was like 11. Oh yeah. And I remember going to this old lady's house and Mm. (laughs) sitting in one of her rooms and just, she would teach me how to crochet. I have no idea how to do it now, (laughs) but I think she, she enjoyed it probably more than I did because she was passing that on, which is really nice. Yeah. That's probably my destiny. I'll be (laughs) there in years to come teaching little Mariah's to actually not to crochet because yeah, I I've tried crocheting and 
I can do it for the time that I'm doing it. But then if I put it down the next day, I've forgotten how. That's probably why I've completely forgotten. Yeah. Tell me about your thoughts on uh, Sard saving the world of conveyancing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know that we, you and I have many thoughts on this as people who are currently going through their house buying process. It's just, it's so complicated, isn't it? It doesn't need to be. No. It's very frustrating. I think, again, as somebody who is, you know, admin is my thing. Mm -hmm. It's basically just loads of admin that is being done by other people that I keep looking at and thinking, oh, I think I could do this better though. Right. So yeah, I think once once Sada saved the NHS, we need to move into simplifying the world of house buying and selling. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> why, why is it so complicated though? I don't know. I genuinely, no one seems to know. Everyone you talk to about it has had a bad experience. I can't think of any other industry that gets away with just everyone complaining about it all the time, but just saying, yeah, that's kind of just how it is though. Yeah, just deal with it. You know, what a coup to have, yeah. to, to have done that for your industry. It's just inbuilt disappointment, but yeah. So if Sard comes in there, yeah. simplifies it. Yeah, definitely. And nobody will be able to be like that anymore. <laughs> definitely. Genius. Let's do it. <laughs> So what kind of changes have you seen during this past year? I think it's been pretty eye-opening seeing uh, how different businesses as well as our own have reacted to COVID. And I think we've been very, very lucky uh, in that it hasn't disrupted us too much. We've been able to continue with what we're doing. We already had home working policies and things in place. We already are pretty much entirely cloud-based in the way that we work. Mm. And that for us seems very, very normal, but obviously in a lot of other industries, a lot of other businesses, it was a huge upheaval for people to go and start working from home. But for us, it was just like, okay, tomorrow everyone stay at home. And it made almost no difference apart from, from, you know, things like post- And I think that's kind of testament in a way to how forward thinking Saad is kind of technologically, you know, led from the top by Kevin has always been very into using uh, the best new technology that we can in order to make everybody's lives easier to make workflow happen more easily. And, um, and yeah, so I think it was amazing that really it didn't disrupt us very much at all. Obviously we're lucky that our particular industry and our particular clients still need our product and still need our support. But yeah, our actual ways of working haven't really changed. And that's been fantastic. Um, It's testament to the fact that, you know, we don't have an old server room that we have to worry about getting everybody access to. One of the things that I look after is information security and making sure that our information and our clients' information is all secure and accessible. And it, it was kind of a nice vindication of the work that we've done on that, that actually there wasn't really any disruption, that everything could be accessed as it should be. And that it was all still very secure. That's been really interesting. And hopefully, I think that it will also mean that more more and more companies start to look at how to make that change really into being less office focused. That'll save on overheads as well, won't it? Yeah. I mean, it is unusual. Uh, Megan and I have spoken about this when lockdown came in and people weren't allowed to go into the office anymore. Everyone had to stay at home. Obviously, we all did. But... A lot of people out there, I think, have really relished being given that opportunity to work from home. And for a lot of people, it really, really works. But it's been kind of nice to find that a lot of people at Saad have been really missing the office. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, we like our colleagues, Um, Mm. (laughs) like the the human interaction. Um, And that in itself, I think, says a lot about Saad, that the office isn't just 
somewhere that you have to come into work. You know, we can just as easily do our jobs anywhere. The main purpose of the office is that it puts you in a place with other people, with your colleagues. And I think we've missed that more than anything, really. Yeah, it's super important to bond and be new. I I found that quite difficult. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, since lockdown, there are now, I think, three members of staff, including yourself, that I've never actually met in person, which is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And one, uh, Joe, obviously, he also does his podcast. I think he started about three weeks before lockdown. Yeah. So he barely got his feet under the table before he was sent home, as it were. So yeah, it's it's crazy, but I think we've we've managed to um, to keep some form of awkward sad bonding going on yes. over Zoom, <laughs> over the most awkward Zoom social meetings in the world. <laughs> At least we're trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If there's one thing our listeners should know, what would that be? I think it probably is that we are a growing company, but as I've seen since. I started when it was teeny tiny in an office that was literally a converted garage. And now we have two sites and people working all across the country and indeed across Europe. We have a developer Mm -hmm. in Poland. We still have the mentality that we had when we were back in that tiny little garage, um, which is that we are not working to make tons of money. I mean, obviously, that's a lovely byproduct if that happens. But we're working to make products that make the NHS particularly, um, work better, that makes a lot of people's lives better um, and more streamlined. And we're all pulling together for that one aim, really. And it's uh, it's it's lovely to be in a company that is not all about the bottom line, even though I work with finance, so I see that bottom line more than a lot of people do. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, it's, it's not about the profits. It really is about the same things as it was when we were in that tiny garage, which was to create some really game-changing products that could help some very busy and harassed members of the NHS community do their job better and easier Mm. and to have more time to themselves. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Naomi. Cool. Thanks, Mariah. Thank you to all our listeners who tuned in to today's episode of Sardisms. Hopefully you enjoyed hearing about Naomi and how her skills have helped create a positive environment within Sard. You can find out more about Sard by visiting sardjv.co.uk or send us a tweet on Twitter at sardjv and use hashtag Sardisms. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you.